I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson, supported by LaCole for our biggest podcast of the year to date, the Giro d'Italia 2021 preview. We know how much you love these podcasts. And here we are. It's, I can't believe it's already upon us, starting on May, this Saturday, May 8th. Just a brief introduction of the course. Apparently, it's the unification of Italy, Dante Alighieri, the 90th birthday of the Maglia Rosa, the Great Mountains, the Italian landscapes, villages and cities, and a lot of other things have been sent to me in the press release. But that's not what we sort of do on these previews. If you're new to the big Grand Tour previews, we kind of skip the touristic stuff and get (laughs) straight into the biggest deep dive you'll ever see. This is going to be the structure. General overview of the race. GC contender overview. Stage profiles in depth. We will talk about the sprinters during stage two. After we've done the stage profiles in depth with our predictions for each one, breakaway hopefuls. We've got some Colombians under 60 kilos and five foot five to throw at you. And then GC wrap up and maybe some other topics. How G'd up are you for the Giro, Benji? Honestly, very G'd up because I think that I've said it quite a number of times that the Giro is arguably my my favorite race in the season, even higher than any classic, higher than the Tour of Flanders, which I'm going to get sued for by the Belgian government, but I'm fine <laughs> with saying that here. I hope they're not listening. Anyway, I think uh, every single year I look forward to the Giro, and I like the parkours of the Giro way more than I do when it comes to the Tour de France or the Vuelta, and I think that's part of the reason why I like this race more, because it sometimes offers some crazy racing on the final week, and it's not too much different this week. I can assure you of that. I'm very much looking forward to getting through this parkour, analyzing what can happen on there, analyzing who can do well, because we've got a lot of riders that are looking fine and are looking unknown to us. So it's interesting to see how we can discuss that and what conclusions we can draw before the event starts. But I'm looking forward to it. And you? I can't wait. Here's a general overview of the course. It doesn't go to the south of Italy very much. It's under Fiorenti- oh, Florence for not very many stages. It starts the Grande Partenza in Torino in the Piemonte region in the northwest, west of Milan, closer to the French border, and it goes south for a bit and then back up to the eastern side, hard Dolomites section in the second and third week of this race, including a quick journey over the Slovenian border to Gorizia on one of the stages. So it's a pretty interesting course, different to last year, which had, I think they went to Sicily, Benji, and there was the Fulsang incident. Uh, but it's 3,450 kilometres. There's a rest day after stage 10 and stage 16. According to the graphic that they've sent me, we're on, a, we're on press, 
sort of releases now, we get information. There are two five-star stages to Cortina, no, three. Zonkalan, stage 14, mark this down in your little diary, 22nd of May, 2021, stage 14, five stars, Zonkalan. Stage 16 to Cortina d'Ampezzo, five stars. I don't agree with that on the 24th of May. It looks like a four-star to me. Stage 20, five stars before the Milan TT, Valles Bluga. Everyone will be tuning into that, uh, the last road stage there. So three five-star stages. I'm a bit disappointed they didn't make the uh, Cadell Evans Strada Bianca stage five stars, but no matter. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, Benji. Calm down. I know you're already fired up. The GC contenders who are here, the main ones, don't get mad at us. We're just telling you what the betting markets say because that's the clearest way to look at this in my view. There's two groups. There's the three lead contenders in order in the betting. Bernal, Yates, Avonapol. Bernal is narrowly the favourite on Betfair, the only odds that really matter, not the bookies' odds. Bernal, narrowly the favourite ahead of Simon Yates, who's improved in the betting in the last two weeks or so. Avonapol is third in the betting at $6. Bernal, $4.30. Yates, $4.60, $4.70. poll a bit longer. That's the first group. Then the second group is a bunch of second-tier GC contenders, all on similar odds. Carthy, Vlasov, Buchmann, Landa and Almeida a bit longer at 30s. The others, depending on when you get it, 20s to 23, 24. So they're the two tiers. Then there's longer shots of Nibali, Bennett, Sivakov, Hindley. The two main groups and the ones we're expecting to really contend are from the ones I've just said. Are you surprised by any of those odds, Benji? Any of them you're like, that's just way out of whack? I think that there's a few that I'm doubtful about. I think in general, Evenepoel is the first one that is a complete unknown when it comes to form and so forth. It's so And to have him in the top three <laughs> favorites, I... I wouldn't bet on him yet, I think. Uh, I'd need to see something first before I want to put money on the line. That's that's kind of, I think, the danger of betting. That If you bet on Evenepoel right now, it's more gambling than betting, in my opinion. And I won't tell you not to do it, but I won't do it. I also i am not really sure I'm going to bet on the Giro. I, I haven't checked yet. But all in all, um, I think that that is the main one that really stands out. I thought Almeida would be a bit higher. In the sense that I, well, we'll talk about why I think that a certain rider is good or bad later, but I expected him a tiny bit higher. And next to that, I think that it's also underrating Vlasov a tiny bit. But I understand that Simon Yates is high up, but he's also the kind of person that was high up quite a few times in the Giro so far. And one of those years, he completely failed that Giro and the other one, he was looking very good and had that incredible, uh, well, departure from the top of the GC standings when Froome went on haywire in that 2018 uh, stage with Col del Finestre. So, yeah, all in all, I think that Yates is is still a bit high because of that concept for me. But we'll talk about it more a bit later, I think, when we go into the riders themselves. 
I think there's three big question marks hanging over those three big contenders. Bernal, first of all, yesterday he's published on Strava. He's just been training around Monaco. He's published on um, a segment he's done, 6.5 watts per kilo, 386 watts, I think, for 20 minutes. That is because I did a video analyzing all of his training numbers prior to his 2019 Tour de France win. That is his peak condition. That is very good numbers for Egan Bernal. He's never been a guy to hit 6.9, 7 for 20 in training. He 6.5 is very, very good, for, well, not just for him, for anyone. Um, so he is in good condition. But the question mark for him is the back. 2019 Tour de France, he wins. Then 2020 Tour de France, he was looking good up until stage 15. Don't forget that. It wasn't like Bernal was not competitive. He was there on the climbs, except for Puy-Marie, where we and ben- me and Benji thought he would be losing time anyway to the Slovenians. It was only on stage 15, his back cooked and then had to pull out. Okay, I don't think it was actually anything cardio-wise. That's the big question mark. Strada Bianca, unbelievable performance. But can he hold up for three weeks? That's why Benji and I are very reticent about these GC odds. Second in the betting, Simon Yates. The question marks are obvious. This man in the same Giro has beaten Tom Dumoulin in opening time trial and then in the middle time trial lost three minutes to Roglic. His time trialing, Benji... Explain it to me. Am I missing something? Is it like he's good on 20-minute flat ones or or is it just pure inconsistency? I think it's very inconsistent in total, but I think the ones with climbing are obviously better for him. Uh, it seems that the AIDS brothers both have this principle where they can have a great time trial and then the next time around when you see them on the time trial course on their bike, well, it's not looking too great. And it's weird because I think... In Grand Tours, it's more likely going to be the effect of a a multi-day stage race hitting them. We don't really know with Simon Yates if he's going to survive the the three weeks as well because he's had quite a few Grand Tours where through the middle of them, he was falling apart. He obviously has won one. So that proves that he can do it, but the situation has to be right. And he's got a lot of competition this time around as well in which I'm just not sure about it. It's 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 a bit of an unknown as well. The, I think this Giro is the Giro of the unknowns. Uh, I think I can definitely call it that. You mentioned it perfectly with Bernal. It's uh, back problems. We have Yates with his consistency in basically everything throughout the Grand Tour. And then Evenepoel, a complete unknown when it comes to his form. Nobody knows where he's at. He then broke Vlasov, his leg. Well, then <laughs> Vlasov, for example... We have him who, at the start of the Giro last year, he ended up stepping out in the first three days, I think. So yeah, he was like vomiting on the side of the road, great, right? But he was ill, so we don't really know yeah. if that... Nah, I don't think think we can pull too much out of that. And Velta, he did prove that he can succeed for three weeks and look great on the, on the last mountain stage as well. So I think when it comes to Vlasov... I might have the least amount of question marks. And yeah. that's weird to say for a rider that has not podium the Grand Tour in his past. Like, it's the fact that we have to go to someone like Vlasov already to have zero unknowns or at least limited unknowns. That says a lot about the state of every GC rider at the start of this Grand Tour. 
I think he's huge value for top three, huge value uh, because his TT, I know it's one data point, his TT at Paranese looked much improved. He's been riding it a lot more. He's older, more experienced. He's disappointed me this year. I'm not going to lie. I thought Provence von too, he was poor. And remember, they had Tejada attacking and he couldn't follow, but he was couldn't perform like he did in 2020. But I think, yeah, he just – I never think he's going to smoke people on the climbs and gain two minutes back. I think his descending's average, but I think he's just going to be there or thereabouts all day and or all three weeks. And I think at least one of those three favourites are going to have a problem. And speaking of which, I just want to finish on Yates – Remember, Simon Yates, he, he's done the Giro every year since 2018. He was the guy wearing the Malia Rosa when Froome attacked on stage 19. He was ahead and he lost 40 minutes on that stage. That's why Benji and I are like, I'm not putting my money down on that man. And you can say, like Benji, you realise he was longer and then his Tour of the Alps performance is why he's now almost even with Bernal. Like that is just insane to me. Who did he beat at Tour of the Alps? Sivakov, who Benji and I are bit down on at the moment, and Pale Bilbao. And Vlasov, I guess, Vlasov too. as well. But, yeah, but should that mean he's even with Bernal? I'm not sure about uh, that, to be honest. In 2019, as I said, he lost three minutes in the San Marino time trial race. Done. In 2020, you know, he was favourite for two hours from Thomas hitting the bid on to the race getting to the base of Mount Etna on stage three. Simon Yates went into $2, $2.50. And then he was sick. He got COVID and that was that for his Giro. So he's kind of had a cursed you're the Italia experience, Benji, and his inconsistency this year. I mean, Prati did TV excellent, but the rest of his terrain, it was shit. Catalonia, he was getting dropped after Hamilton. He was dropping more than Almeida on the climbs. And then what, we're supposed to say Tour of the Alps, he's now up there with Bernal? Like I'm very – I think Yates on one of these stages, probably going to win a stage, maybe win two. Yeah, I love him to win a stage. His descending is better than Flasov uh, and Avonapol probably, but they're the question marks. And as Benji said, Avonapol, the guy broke his leg or he went into a ravine and he's just back. That being said, I mean, yeah, that's our GC overview. We'll talk more about how we think it'll play out and some options for the longer shots during the profiles. Now, before we get into the profiles, Want to mention our show partner? Speaking of mountains and climbs, Lacole. Lacole have a big affinity with the Giro d'Italia. They have their factory in Italy and they've just brought out, released two new drops Mountain Pro Air kits, Stelvio and Monventu kits. Benji just, I believe, received his. He put it up on his Instagram. He's a very happy chap at the moment and they look sick. So if you're doing some big mountain climbs, this summer or coming up. Maybe if you go to the Dolomites, go and check out those kits through the link below. And thanks to LaCole for supporting the podcast. Another note, which is if you want to get your hands on those kits, maybe if you back yourself, we're we're doing a mini fantasy (laughs) league. Is that what it's called, Benji? A mini league? Velo games? Yes. You explain uh, it. You explain it. Okay. I'll go ahead. So Velo games fantasy league. It's a, 
a website on which you can create your team, build your team based on a certain budget. You can have, I think, 100 budget points that you can spend on riders. And with that team, you can gain points according to their performances in the Giro. So it's a bit of a fantasy league game. And yeah, it's quite simply that. You go to Velo Games. There's an Italy 2021 game. And that allows you to make that team. And after you made a team, you're able to join leagues. And we made a an LRCP league with the help of the Velo Games people because uh, they needed to change some stuff behind the scenes. So credits to them very certainly. And basically, we have a bit of a competition ongoing and uh, people can win some stuff, right? Yeah. So if you win the Lantern Recycling Podcast Velo Games Giro League, you receive a full Lacole kit, bibs and jersey, and the two runners-up will get a jersey from that new release. We don't, we're not getting any money out of this and the Velo Games League and neither of Velo Games out of us or out of you. It's all free to play. We just thought it'd be a fun thing and we'll be competing as well so I can get two kits if I win. Yes, I'll still be so, receiving uh, the Lapole kit. <laughs> <laughs> a small add-on is that how to join the league itself, you need to have the league number. You can find it in the... Uh, description of this podcast and or the youtube video description but also on a pinned post on our twitter page it's the, yep. the code 84485 if you want to be uh very quick about it during the podcast itself but you can also find it on twitter that's probably the best spot to do it or the description of the podcast so you'll need and that to join the link and without joining the link yeah we'll we'll post a tweet in the coming days i think just before the geo starts because you yep. don't want to spoil it before uh the selection process is done and then you can post your uh, teams on there, explain why you chose certain riders. Yep. Oh, looking forward to it. Funny team names only. Okay, on to the stage-by-stage stage analysis now, and we'll speak about maybe the time trials, sprinters, punchers as they come up first. The first, Benji, the nine-kilometer time trial from Turin to Turin, pretty flat. And a month, two months ago, during UAE Tour, Benji and I would have taken 30 seconds on this stage and we said Filippo Ganna is winning. But now I'm not so sure after how he's performed at Romandy. And Romandy, Benji and I decided wasn't just him taking it easy because he actually did the second half of the segment more risky than Dennis. So who do you think is winning this this uh, time trial, Benji? Could it be a weird one like Bodnar? Probably not. I think there's three names that I'm looking forward to uh, on this time trial. It's still that I'm I'm curious what Ghana is going to show here. Another name that I'd like to pop is, is obviously the rider that won the time trial at Romandy, which is Remy Cavagna. He won that time trial in healthy conditions, in sunny conditions before it started raining. So we're not sure whether that influenced it a lot. Likely it did influence it quite a bit. And then another rider, well, two more riders I'd like to add. First of all, even a pool, but we don't know where he's at. So it's impossible to say if he's going to win it or not. I am kind of on the situation where I am simply going to say I don't know where Evenepoel is going to start this Giro in what form. I think that they won't send him to the Giro if he's going to be in terrible form. But I think they've made it quite clear in some of the articles in preparation of this Giro that he's not likely to be the GC leader. But they could be lying as a team before that. But I think that I tend to believe that. But the last name? Will Barta, he was Ooh, second on the time nice. trial in the Vuelta, just behind Roglic. I don't think 
that he's on the level of Cavania. And I'm also not sure that a prologue is good enough for him. And that's why I'm not necessarily putting him on the same level as the others. And then if we quickly scroll to the rest of the riders, I think I can... Mm, yeah, that's actually a very good pick. Go ahead. Talk about it. I just think Betiol's a chance. If Ganner's off, Betiol's possible. I mean, did he do... I think I'm remembering he did a pretty good Tirreno Adriatico TT. He came sixth in the yes. San Benedetto 10-kilometer TT, and he was behind Walfanart, Pagacha, Ganner, I think, and Kung. And we don't have a lot of those names here. So Betiol, I think, is a big chance. I think... Uh, Avon Apollo's taking the Malia Rose at Benji. <laughs> First stage. <laughs> Tell me about it. What do you think oh. he's going to do in this Giro? Do you think that he's going to be on the level that the odds are saying he will? Uh, I have no confidence for the duration of the three weeks and the on the climbs. No, I don't have complete confidence, but I think his TT is what he's best at. I think he's just an elite time trial, it's long, short, whatever. And I think he'll have just been studying and studying and studying this. Not that it's a 9K pro, prologue length TT, but I think, yeah, he'll come top three, top three in the TT. And uh, I don't know if he'll actually win. If Ganner hadn't looked as bad the other week, I wouldn't have said that at all. But now it's more open. And I think, yeah, Evan Apoll's gaining t- the most time of any of the GC contenders. Where do the other GC contenders fall? Do you think Benji, Bernard Vlasov, uh, Yates? I mean, Yates Almeida. could be the best. Yates could do better than all the others, I think. Not as good as Avonapol, but he can do a better TT than the others. I think mm. Landers losing time to all the other ones. I disagree in the sense that we haven't mentioned Joao Almeida, and that is the issue with oh, the Kerning, that they have multiple options they have Masnada, who wrote a great time trial as well in Romandy. So they've got three riders who can do very well on a time trial on their day. Sure. And I think that despite all the names I've given so far, that it's going to be a De Koenig rider taking pink. And I can't say if it's going to be Almeida or Cavagna, but I think it's going to be either of those two, personally. I, f- I trust in that. I believe in the possibility. I think that Ganna will likely do better than we are expecting. But from the last month of racing, I don't have the conf- confidence in Ghana, despite this time trial being on paper perfect for him if he was in form. All right. That's our thoughts on the opening TT. I think Bernal, Lander, Vlasov will all be much of a muchness and it's not going to change the race too much we've got too much climbing later on stage two from stupinigi to novara 173 k this is a sprint stage there's no climbs in the last 70 kilometers and it's a flattish finish in novara this is the opportunity benji and i were going to take to talk about the sprinters and who we have here Decker and Gronewegen, both on Jumbo Visma. Nizzolo with half, well, a decent leader, Volscheid and Co. at Quebec. Who else? Nikki Sant has won a Giro stage, I think, before for Team DSM. Moschetti for Trek. Gaviria with half a train at UAE Team Emirates. Quickstep don't have a sprinter. Cofidis have Viviani with full train. Or I have Sagan with decent-ish train. Bernal, uh, 
Ineos, no train. Alperson with Merlier, De Bont and Co. But no Ricard, surprising to me. And the, probably the favourite for this stage is Caleb Ewan with his full squad of boys. Who do you like for this straight-up sprint stage, Benji? Chimalai. <laughs> I think before I start talking about my sprint here, I want to catch up to the fact that you mentioned that Walsh I was here. I didn't actually notice, but I just write him down for a top 10 in the first prologue as well, to be honest. Same for Trotting, <laughs> by the way. But if we actually look at the sprinters now, then in regards to Jumbo Visma, it's going to be a, a story of whether they're going to be sprinting for Decker or Grunemagen. And I believe that if Grunemagen is at the start of a sprint stage, you're going to sprint with him. And that is against my hopes and dreams because I wanted a Decker stage win. And I don't think it's going to happen on this stage. I think this is a, a too straightforward of a sprint. Pure sprint. To go to a rider that is not necessarily the fastest. I don't believe that Decker is currently the fastest sprinter in this peloton. I think that Caleb Ewan is. On paper, this is perfect for him to win. And his goal this season seems to be to get one stage win every Giro. Uh, no, every Grand Tour, not every Giro. There's only one Giro. But uh, <laughs> hey, I he's think winning that... GC, Caleb Clymer after MSR. Yeah, we forgot about that. KOM, Polkadot, Ewan. Anyway, <laughs> on a serious note, Caleb Ewan is, serious. in my opinion, favorite here. But I'm going to counter you. And I'm going to say that I would expect Viviani to overperform on these pure flat stages. Agreed. And I think that Tim Merlier is going to win a stage this Giro. And I think it might be nice if he surprises directly on stage two. Because I believe that Tim Merlier is the kind of sprinter that the second he kicks, he can get a he bit of a win. boost. He's also got acceleration. He can and win. And Ewan this. has it as well. Yep. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Tim Merlier. Yep. 100% agree with Benji because we saw at UAE, the lotto train was more shit than good. It, it came, it, Ewan won that stage at UAE because Merkel and Bennett moved in front of him and then he just got this slipstream and, and away he went and the train got him ahead a bit better. But Ewan train, I don't 100% trust, nor do I think he trusts them. So Merlier, I think I'm surprised they didn't bring Jonas Rickard. Is he injured or something? Because it shelled the price. The Bont, maybe Rickard. the tour. Pardon? Tour for maybe Matthew going to the tour. I thought Philipson? that lead out I don't know was where so Philipson good. goes. Yeah, true. That was for Philipson. Maybe Merlier has a different pairing. Uh, but anyway, I'm picking Caleb Ewan. Benji's picking Merlier. Is that confirmed, Merlier? That is very much confirmed. Merlier is winning stage two. Write it down okay. in your books and call me out if it's not happening. Please don't. All right. Stage three is a more interesting stage. This is perfectly designed sprint stage from Biela to Canale because it might not be a sprint stage. We have 189 kilometers with three extended climbs of 12 to 18 minutes in the latter third of the race and they're about 5Ks at 5%, 5Ks at 6%. And then the last 15 kilometers starts with a 2.5K climb at 8.5%, crest with 14Ks to go. And then the last climb crest with 7Ks to go, 1.1Ks at 8.6%. Write it down in your little notebooks. Bora Hansgrohe want Ewan out the back, Groner Wegen out the back on those two climbs, and they'll keep riding if they achieve that do you think 
that's how it's going to play out, Benji? Or do you think, oh, maybe Sagan might not make it over those climbs? I have faith in Sagan's climbing at the moment on short, punchy ones. I do as well. I believe in the strategy that you're proposing. I'm not sure it's going to be Ewan that they drop. Ewan in Milanus and Remo shape does not get dropped here. But Ewan in last year's Tour de France shape gets dropped on the first of climbs. Now, I think that we're overlooking the fact that there's other sprinters out there as well. And I think that Nizzolo might actually be able to get over this as well. I think Viviani's getting dropped on this one, like 90% sure. Don't see that happening. Because I think a climb that Sagan can get over right now, there has to be other sprinters in this peloton as well that can get over that too. And then I'm looking to a rider like Vendrame to Romandy, make a surprising top three. He was climbing well at Romandy. I don't know. Yeah, he was... I agree. But it's not like this stage is destroying the, the sprinters. I think that Viviani's definitely dropping. I think that Ewan's going to be on the brink of it. I think that Nizzolo might actually survive. Nizzolo has the capabilities of getting over hills once in a while. And I think that from the start list, I think that I would dare to say that Nizzolo will survive those climbs. And if he does, I think he's a better sprinter than Peter Sagan right now by quite a bit. So I believe that Nizzolo is going to make this, going to win the stage. Sagan's going to get second, and Vendrame is going to get third. So other options for this sprint could be Chimalai, Pasqualon. Uh, what about Alessandro Covey? Do you think Gaviria is dropping Benji? Yeah, for sure. He's not finishing this in the front group. Okay, so we think Gaviria and Grona Vegan are dropping you and. It depends. If Bora really trusts again on these climbs, they put Groschartner and Fabro or Aliotti Benedetti on the front, smack it. They then got Daniel Loss afterwards to drive it to keep the gap to you and if he's dropped. I'd really like to see here Benji uh, um, first uh, Grand Tour stage top five for Nail Tesfatsion. He's pretty quick, actually, but he need a really reduced group. Are we looking at this in the wrong way, Benji? Is there a possibility teams like De Koenig and Ineos, if Ineos are going to ride aggressively, that they use these climbs like in Tour de la Provence stage one or two, when Moscon attacked with Alaphilippe, are we going to see Cavagna attacking, Moscon attacking on these climbs? Yeah, Cavagna yes. might be actually attacking in places like this. Onore as well, also the kind of candidate that can yep. do something like that. Those are indeed names that we could look for, but will they succeed? I'm not really sure about it. I feel like there's a significant gap between the, the final climbing section and the finish which makes me doubt whether that is going to work out. You've got that small lump in the last 10 kilometers, but I don't think that 500 meters of 6% will be the death of people. I think that that's going to be a section they're going to need to get over. All right. I agree with Benji. Probably not so hard, that final climb, and it's not too much for them to launch from. Uh, So I'm going with Nitsola. I agree with Benji. Well, Benji hasn't given his final pick yet. Yeah, it was also Nizzolo, but now I feel like I need to be contrarian and figure someone else out because <laughs> it can't be too too equal. I think that uh, I, I have to. I, I made my my podium pick. I yeah. had Nizzolo first, again, second, Vendrami third. So I can't go back on that. But let's go into stage four, which is 
what I really like. I believe that this stage looks great because it's very unpredictable, I'd say, in the sense that we start off with a total of 187 kilometers from Piacenza to Cestola, and, uh, well, the first 80 kilometers is basically flat. We've got an intermediate sprint, the first one, and that is after a five-kilometer climb. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and I, I do for, have to give in. Wait, that's wait, just wait. for Chiclamino points. In. Yeah, that's true. From... <laughs> I have to give in that during all these stages, the first intermediate sprint is Chiclamino points. The second one is bonus seconds. Keep that in mind. Forgot to so say that weird. before the stage has started. But the Chiclamino points are after six kilometers, well, four kilometers of climbing at 5.5% in the middle of the stage. And then we've got just up and down and up and down the entire stage. We've got a third cat climb a bit later. That is the Castello di Carpinetti with 3.5 kilometers at 7.3%. Pretty damn steep. And then we have, with a bit of a valley in between after that, a climb the Monte Molino, 8.5 kilometers of climbing at 5.8%. Plateau section on top. Descend, a bit of an uphill section that is not counted as a climb, but is uphill at four kilometers at 7.3%, not categorized is what I mean. Then another plateau section on top, and then we descend until a good, is it seven kilometers from the finish line? Roughly, I think that it is. And yeah, to be honest, that, that final climbing section of 4.3 kilometers at 9.5%, is a uh, is a wall. I think that we can classify as as that. Looking closer into the final climb, it is not necessarily steep all round, but it's got sections. A full kilometer of twelve point eight percent average, a half kilometer of twelve point eight percent average, uh, ten point four the next half kilometer, then nine, then twelve point four. So it just keeps that high gradient. And towards the top, the final three hundred meters, they flatten a tiny bit. We say flatten, but it's still 5.8%. So we can definitely see this as a potential uh, launching point because after that point, we have a good three kilometers left of relative flatness, a tiny descent of like a kilometer in there as well to the line. And I believe that this will be a breakaway stage. I really? just don't see it differently. I think that the parkour here is so, yeah, it shouts breakaway to me and the problem that I have with the stage now is that the early parts of the stage don't necessarily allow for a big breakaway to go. And that's the only counterpoint I have to the breakaway aspect. But it would be nice if it's not a breakaway stage because that final 10 kilometers, I'd love to see that from the GC aspect. I think break is a good option because it's not a pure mountaintop finish. So the GC contenders might be thinking, oh, is it worth it? You know, even if I get a 10, 12 second gap on that climb, I'm going to have to then hold that for two, three Ks of plateau afterwards. So they may not have the appetite for it. Uh, perhaps Benji, you have that short little descent and then the run in, some like Bill Bow goes. I'm not sure. From the break, I'd be looking at riders like, I'm going to say for every hilly break, uh, <laughs> Cipeta for Androni, but he might not even be going for stages. He might be going for top 10 on GC. Uh, Honore, maybe too hard at climbing. Knox could win this stage if he was allowed to go for stages for sure. Uh, who else? Ruben Guerrero, Rain Tarame. 
Kobe Colson's, any of the Chris Hamilton, Roman Bardet riders, is whether they get any leash to go. And I think they will. I think you can't chase down every break with the mountains to come. You can't burn your team, I don't think. It's it's too much on a stage like this. So I agree a break has a good chance. If it doesn't, I think Bernal is winning out of the GC group. That's a, a valid option. I do want to point out that we've got that bonus second sprint at the foot of the final climb, which means that they need to sprint for it just before the end, which means that they might not catch up by then because then they are basically giving those seconds to the breakaway. And that feeds into my theory that the break might actually end up winning the stage because no one wants to give those bonus seconds away because it's not really sure who's going to get those seconds knowing that we don't have someone like Roglic with an absolute kick in these uh in these people going for GC but for the stage itself if it's breakaway then I'm leaning more towards uh Simon Carr Guerrero EF Ooh, shouts at me nice. but the yeah. problem with EF for me is that I'm not sure if they're going to let their riders off the leash for this thing. Pythedo. And yeah, Trotnik on Bahrain Victoria, same story. I don't know if he's going to get off the leash to go for stages, but if these three riders are allowed to go for stages, these, this stage would shout at me. And I'd expect the Koenig to be very offensive throughout the entire uh, Giro d'Italia. And if I look at that team for riders for this kind of stage, the only name that comes into mind that has any place to go off the leash, yeah, I don't even know if they have any because let's say that Evenepoel has a decent time trial. Let's say that Almeida has a, de- a good time trial as expected. Let's say that Masnada has a decent time trial as well. And they've got three people up in the top 15 of GC perhaps after the initial prologue, which means that since that moment, they're not going to have gained time with those riders. And if you've got three riders to protect, then you're going to need every man on the ship to uh, to help out. So. That's I look why. at it a different way. Yeah, I think ahead. they should attack on a stage like this. It could be difficult to control. Have Honoré or Cavagna or Knox ahead up the road as a satellite rider. Go with Masnava or Almeida. This could be, I mean, first of all, I'm going to assume even a pole is some degree of healthy. This is the sort of stage we would expect him to attack up and down, yep. up and down all day and holding a gap or maybe even extending it over the plateau of a climb. If, Al- if Evanapol's healthy, by the way, he's, his climbing is more than fine. He won Picon Blanco stage, which is stage three finish of the Vuelta this year, Mount Top finish in Burgos, and on stage five, the one so so one when he was out of GC, he was right up there on these long, steep, nasty climbs. I think his climbing is fine. But anyway, stage wait, five. Mod- wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. Have you I'll given your pick? Into that as well in regards to Evanapool, that it is interesting to see how his name is going to be shined upon the competition in the sense, let's say in this kind of stage with 40k to go, just before the descent towards that final climb, Evanapool attacks in the peloton. Fear in everyone's hearts, genuinely. <laughs> I truly believe that everybody else is like, oh no, oh no, oh no, start pacing, start pacing. Let's say he's healthy, we gotta follow. <laughs> like, genuinely, yeah. this man has made such a name for himself in the years that he's been riding that him attacking just gives instant fear to his competition, even after an injury like that. And on a stage like this, perhaps unexpected just before a descent, I, I'm not sure. The sends are the place where I would put him to go attack. 
in the sense that I'm not sure how good he is at descending. I feel like we have seen him descend quite well in his history, but we've also seen the crash that eventually led to the injury. Although I don't believe that one crash should define someone's descending ability. Then Cavagna would be a horrible descender if he only descended that one time badly in, in America in that one stage, and then we saw him descend great a year after. So it's kind of difficult to guess who's good at descending, but Bilbao is the kind of name that I also see making in a move there unexpectedly, yeah. perhaps, like you mentioned. But yeah, go ahead. Next stage. Sorry. Stage five from Medina to Catolica. We don't need to spend long here. 177 Ks, <laughs> pure sprint stage. It finishes on the coast. Maybe there could be crosswind. The last 10 Ks plus are right on the coastline. Uh, maybe more than that, actually. 30, 25 Ks on the coast. Uh, I'm going with you and Benji again. I feel like Ewan is going to win one stage, but I don't know which one. And I'm <laughs> curious whether this one or stage two. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. So for this one, I'm saying Ewan as well. All right. It could be the other way around, but I, be- yeah. I believe that Melir and Ewan will each win a stage in this Giro. Stage six, Croti di Frassasi to Ascoli Piceno, 161 kilometers. This is a proper GC stage. Uh, I think it's four-star rated. They have the Forca di Gualdo climb, 10.5Ks at 7.2%, but we have undulating climbs in the 70Ks beforehand. They then do a false summit and then climb again to the Forca di Presta, 5Ks, 5%, then a 45-kilometer descent. The bonification, second bonification for the intermediate sprint uh, the seconds, the Ciclamino points are in the first 50Ks. The second one is the base of the final climb, which is called the Colle San Marco. Why? It's a 10K, 10Ks at 5 and 6%, and then 15.5Ks, 6% is total, but the final ramp is 5Ks, 7.6%. So our first genuine mountaintop finish, Benji. Yeah. I think in regards to this parkour, right, it just surprises me that a lot of these bonus second sprints are literally at the foot of the final climb. And then <laughs> the question of the organizers, basically, either you choose to save energy for the climb or you sprint here. What is your choice? Life or death? <laughs> what do you choose? Likely, no one is going to choose to go for those sprints. But if I was a GC person, I'd check if I have a fast man in my team. I'd say, take those seconds away from me, from my competition instead. And make sure they don't have it, but I won't be spending my energy just before this climb. True. And Smart. I think that's something I would try on this on this kind of terrain. But I think this is going to be the first of GC stages. I believe that at the start, they've got an opportunity with that 2K climb at the start at 7.5% just when they launch to get a, a potential larger breakaway gone. But two kilometers is not that long to form a breakaway. And I think that. We're likely going to see some control here, but it depends on who's in the leader's jersey. If it's Bernal who's already in the leader's jersey, then Ineos is not going to care about the breakaway. But if it's, for example, a team that, oh, which team would care? That's that's very, uh, very important. Movistar would probably pace on this stage in the middle of the climb, just for no reason at all in the middle of the stage. But outside of that, I'm not sure who will take control, even if they are in the leader's jersey. This is a difficult one for me to think about because I don't know how teams like DSM will be playing it. What if Jai Hindley's already two minutes back at this point somehow? 
or Roman Bardet, what if Nibali is far back? It seems to me that this climb is its not so steep. The stage is not so hard that you can expect significant time gaps on this sort of climb. 15 6%. It's not the nastiest climb you've ever seen. And there's a long, long sort of probably 45 minutes for them to refuel beforehand. So I think someone who is not a threat on GC out of a large group is going to win this. I think it's going to be a mountain group sprint, Benji, to be frank with you. Um, And I like someone like Bardet if he's far back. I like, ooh, who's another option? Vlasov if he's far back on GC. I think Bahrain should try different options. Um, but yeah, how do you see it? Chicone. Just a second ago that it would go towards a rider that is uh from the GC, but I just don't know who in the lead would pace on this kind of stage, knowing there's this entire flat section before the uh middle of the stage where the climb is happening. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to say that this might be the first stage in in which the likes of a Molima will try something because Molima's not here for GC, according to what I've been saying so far. Molima's here for a stage win because with a stage win he can achieve a stage win in each Grand Tour that exists. He has one in the Tour, he has one in the Vuelta, and he wants one in the Giro. He already has a top five in the Giro. He's like, I'm gonna go for stages. I think that Ciccone might be the GC plan for Trek Segafredo because I don't trust Nibali enough with that arm, and therefore I don't think that Ciccone will be the option for them to go with personally. I think that Molama will likely win a stage in this Giro, where I don't know, but this could be one of the options, but ah, it really depends on who controls the race or not. I think it can be like Jabel Jais in the UAE Tour. I think there could be, if someone's strong in the break, they could stay up there for a long time. Um, yeah, that's how Antonio Pedrero from the break, someone like him could stay up there for a long time, and if no one's serious about chasing, he could actually snag a win. But, yeah. I agree with that sort of philosophy, Benji. Hugh Carthy, I think I prefer him on the really, really steep stuff, to be frank. Uh, it's weird. It's a weird finish just because they've got such a long time beforehand. I really like Molima because Wingergold won in that weird yay stage. Molima, yeah. I agree with. Uh, otherwise, Bardet. Or Soler? Soler, yeah. It depends where he's on GC. Uh, Ineos traded up Danny Martinez. I'd love for them to be aggressive and let Danny Martinez attack as well. But we'll I don't see. believe in it. No, I don't think I so. I don't believe but, in that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> in regards to Soler, I think this reminds me a lot about that stage in the Vuelta where they started pacing on the middle climb to try and control the breakaway. And then they went hard on the final climb. But I think... They didn't have too many riders left, and then eventually, I think Roglic destroyed them on that on that final climb. Yeah. But I remember something like that vaguely from the last Vuelta because we did it on the podcast here. And your face reminds me of all the stages we did in the Vuelta, of course. Um, <laughs> now, nah, on in all honesty, I think that this is the kind of stage where the group might still be big if the GC actually makes it, and then someone like Soler boosts away in the final two kilometers and. People like Bernal won't react necessarily because they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's only Soler, we'll catch him anyway. Stuff yeah. like that. That's possible. Yeah, agree. But I'm agree. gonna I'm gonna wing it and say Molima. I think this is Nibali's best chance of winning a stage if he's in any good condition. 
stage every seven. stage is Nibali's best chance of winning the stage. Stage seven, that's all I'll say on Nibali. <laughs> Noraresco to Termoli, 181Ks, and it's looks like it's got soft medium mountain in the middle, which shouldn't terrify any of the sprinters, to be frank. And then it's pretty much just got a pimple at the end. It, I think I tried to look at the gradients. I think in the last two Ks, it's only like one, two percent uphill false flat. I don't think it should really terrify any of the sprinters. The question is whether if any of them have issues in the middle of the stage and they let the break go. I mean, it's on the coast, a lot of this finale. There could be wind. Maybe there won't be. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But, yeah, do you think this is sprint, break, Benji? I don't think it's reduced group. Like who's getting dropped on that finale out of the sprinters? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I believe that this is a, hmm, this is most likely going to be a, a pure sprint stage. Gavidecker. I'm curious about the fact that they've got Kieti. <laughs> I'm saying Gavidecker there. I think that it's curious that we have Kieti in the first half of the stage. That climbing section, fourth cat, and I would love to see that in the final of this stage with like 30 kilometers to go as a perfectly designed sprint stage that we don't know if it's going to be a sprint or not. Yeah. But then again, we'd be ruining every stage for Viviani. So um, <laughs> I think Viviani was good at UAE Tour. He was terrible in Romani because quite simply, he could not get over the hills required to get to the sprint. But I'm going to wing it and say that Viviani's going to win a sprint and he's going to do this one. I disagree. I think it's going to be Merlier in this one. I think the little uphill okay. effect... Ewan's error, I like Melier or Decker. Stage 8, Foggia to Gardia San Framondi, 171Ks. This is break. This is just breakaway all over it because you've got two yeah. uncategorized climbs. There's no bonus seconds. The first one's 85Ks. That's Chiclamino. Sagan should clean that up. Well, no, he won't because it's a break probably unless he gets in it. Then they've got a cat to 20Ks, 4.6%. Then they have a 42-kilometer descent. Then there's the intermediate, 8Ks from the finish, the bonus seconds at Castel Venere, and the final climb's 3.1Ks at 6.5%. Nothing to offer the GC teams. There's no way you'd stay on the bus. Let's work all day for this finish. The middle climb's not hard enough to get significant separation. I just see this as break all day. Uh, and I like – this is where I wish, Benji, I wish Chicone would lose time deliberately because I think he'd clean it up, but he won't. I don't believe he will. <laughs> and as a consequence, I think that uh, it's definitely a breakaway for me too. I just don't see it happening otherwise. It kind of reminds me vaguely, but not really, to the stage that I think Kemna won in the last Tour de France where they had a climb, then a plateau – Till the last hill, which was like three kilometers of climbing till the end. This is different. This has a downhill between the climb and the last climb. But the concept is still the same. The climb at the end is not high enough to do the damage. And the descent will improve the chances of the breakaway even more, in my opinion. And therefore, with that climb also at the start of the stage to form a breakaway, I truly believe that a breakaway is the thing that I'm looking for here. Looking at riders that could do so, I think that we're going to see a, not Niall Tetsfacion, or did I just ruin his name? Sorry. Tetsfacion in the, in the breakaway. 
He's going to get over the mountain. I believe in it from those Italian classics. And I think he's got the punch on the final climb to, to beat the others. And I believe in it. I, I do. Felix, talking to you, Felix Groschartner, can you lose 10 minutes? Oh, you, yeah. You would, mate, you'd clean this stage up if Ciccone is not there on that final climb. I wish, because you know who will be there, Benji? Visconti. Pello as well from Androni. Visconti, big chance for Bardiani to win this stage. I want to see four Bahrain victorious riders for this stage. Maida, Moric, Tratnik, Lulz. Forget about Landa. He can look after himself. He's experienced. Seriously, Moric on this stage, he could attack on the descent. Benji, then have Tratnik behind. Tratnik can sprint away at the end. Maida's just a really good climber to pace on the climb. Oh, Bahrain, yeah. got to be focusing on this stage i think they got perfect perfect guys for it because the final climb isn't too long um my pick is jan tratnik for this stage i'm gonna go ahead and i'm going to uh ignore everything i've said so far and i'm gonna go for a rider that was good at valenciana victor lafay from cofidus he's gonna be in the breakaway Ooh. here he got the fourth in gc in valenciana in the likes in a group with the likes of uh, enric mas but also other people like Jesper and Mate. But in a breakaway, Jesper and Mate are the kind of riders that I expect to be in the breakaway. Lafay can do so as well. And he seems to be able to climb well. He only lost the sprint on that climb to, to Maas. So someone like him or Luca Wackerman, he had a bit of a punchy climb last year. He unfortunately had that crash into, a, I think the helicopter caused a barrier to get in front of him and he crashed in the Giro there. Um... But he changed teams. He hasn't performed well this year. But if he was in the form of last year, then I yeah. believe he might be able to survive the climb and go towards the end. And another name, I'm going to change again. Sorry, sorry. Scrap everything. <laughs> Vendrami is going to be in the breakaway. Vendrami is going to win the stage. That's a nice call. I don't know about the uphill, though. I think I like my pick. He, he was great at Sestriere last year. Yeah, true. All right. Stage nine, Castel di Sangro to Campo Felice, 158 Ks. It's another weird stage. It's medium mountain all day. I mean, it's hard medium mountain, 14 Ks, 4%, 11 Ks, 4.5%, 12.7 Ks, 4.5%, 12.5 Ks, 5%, plateau, then 2.5 Ks, 5%, and then they climb up to the finish to Rocca di Gambio, 6 Ks at 5.7%, and I believe... We have some uh, sterata, some gravel sections at the end of this stage. It's a, it's a lot of calories, this stage. I know the climbs aren't steep, but it's a nasty one. And I think, uh, I think Ineos should try and take control and put pressure on this stage, Benji. Uh, I think Ghana, Martinez, Moscon, Castroviejo yep. can really – put a lot of pressure on these climbs because they're shallow gradient and try and expose riders like Vlasov and Lander and weaken Quickstep. But um, I'm going with Dan Martin, Benji, and I don't know if it's from a break or the GC group. I dare to say that could fit. I believe in that. I think when I look at the stage, I see a stage that if you take it and you put it in the third week, this could be one of the best stages of Agreed. the Giro. It's got huge climbs in the first 50 kilometers. And that puzzle Gotti, it's called Gotti because it's godlike. And 
that will allow a large breakaway to get away. Promise you. Large breakaway gets away on this one. Hard to control. And that's where I think the issue is that if Ineos is not an elite, why would they control a breakaway? Well, they might have to because there's going to be some dangerous people in this. I think that this is a stage where the Cunning could really play into their team card with Maznada, with Evenepoel, and with Almeida. Almeida would be the rider that I'd protect the most. Maznada, on paper, I think I'd keep him behind as well. The no, fact is disagree. that a dream scenario for this stage is Evenepoel destroying everybody, attacking on one of the early clams of the day. Surpri like If he's like four minutes behind in GC or something at this point. Yeah. He attacks early. He goes then his into legs wouldn't be very good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, okay? Dream with me a bit. This stage could be really good. Generally, it, could. I, it depends how they take ride the five star it. stage from Dampezzo and put it on here. And put it uh, in the third week. I don't know about that. But we I, can't I switch think, around stages right now, can we? <laughs> I think Quick Step should use Masnada as an attacking option, not defensive. I, I think they should let him loose and see what he's really okay. got personally because I don't think I don't think Almeida can win the Giro. So just see what Masnada. Attila Valter, Benji, I, for this stage. I feel like Valter is the kind of rider that seems to want to go for a GC in the early stage of the Giro. And I expect him to do that as well here, where he's aiming to stay up there in GC and then see where things go. And I think by this point, he's not going to have to decide yet whether he goes for GC or stage. I think after the stage or after the next one or so, he might lean more towards stages. And I hope he does by the third week, because I believe that he's more likely to win a stage in the third week, because he seems to grow in the races that he's in. If he has, yeah, he starts off not in a great form in the race he rides, and by the end of them, he's much better in the last few stages. We saw that in Catalonia, and I think it would really work out here as well. I think that on this stage, it might be too early. I think I'm going to see him more in the in the latter parts, but if I have to put a name on the stage, I gave my De Koenig scenario being an absolute dream and perhaps a bit unrealistic. So if I have to put a realistic name on this... Champoussin. Very good question. Champoussin, he's on a team where he's likely going to be allowed to go for GC in the early stage, and as a consequence, I... I don't think that he's going to have lost enough time up till now to decide to not go for GC. But I'd love to have him in the breakaway because I believe he can do more if he goes for breakaway stages, personally. Perhaps... Ah, oh, this is a very, very intriguing stage. Absolutely love it. That's why I went with Dan Martin, mate, because he could do it from the GC or the break. I just yeah, my what, what is Formula going to do in this in this Grand Tour? Is he going to lean towards GC or stages? Because let's say he goes stages, then this parkour. Yeah, I'd Formula love him to is do a great on shout. This. That's a great shout, Formula. Or Brambilla as well. Yeah, yeah Molima. Yeah, Pedrero, Jorgensen. They're the sort of names from the break. I'm good. Oh, you're on the clock, Benji. Give me a name. Okay, the name is going to be... Uh, if I don't know anyone, I select Vincenzo Nibli. Hot. There <laughs> you, we go. You are unbelievable. <laughs> Stage 10, <laughs> L'Aquila to Foligno. 139Ks. I think it's going to be a reduced bunch sprint. And I think Peter Sagan is winning. 7Ks at 5% with 40 kilometers to go. A large-ish break could form though with the 6Ks, 4.5%. They do in the first 10Ks and there's rolly climbs all day. 
I think it could be a short and fast stage and I think big chance for Peter Sagan here. I see that option. Mm, the climb itself is indeed pretty far away from the line. It's not from the, the break. One. I forgot that aspect of your theory. <laughs> nah, mate. I don't see it happening. I think that Bora is going to destroy that first uphill to try and get <laughs> Sagan the Chicamino uh, points on true, the immediate yeah, sprint true, after true. it. But I don't believe he's going to be in the breakaway for it. I think that for this stage, I'm saying that 30 kilometers after the descent of the final climb is that... It's a long time, yeah. I think that's quite a lot. I, Ewan, I some, Ewan just gives up, though. Ewan gives up once he's distanced. The problem that we don't know about Ewan is that he's also kind of an unknown because he wasn't looking too fine in that Spanish race he rode Valenciana. And then Terreno the weather conditions sick. could be an influence to that. San Remo was amazing. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say for this stage that I could see Nizzolo getting over this as well. I could yeah. see Sagan definitely getting over these climbs. Viviani not. Davirian not. Ewan is a maybe. And Temerlir is a most likely gets over this. And I'm going to say another stage win for Temerlir on this one. Belgian bias on show once again. Look at me. I, I said Ewan would get dropped. Maybe. Uh it depends how hard they do it. Maybe it's not that hard, in which case I'd be going with Ewan. All right, our first <laughs> Australian rest day. Australian once again. <laughs> we go into the rest day. When it comes to the next stage, arguably my uh, my favorite stage of this Giro, I don't know, I love it because of the history, is Perugia to Montalcino, 162 kilometers, and uh, it's got those sandy sections that we all love. I hope it rains on this day because that could make it as heroic as the, uh, I think, 2010 one that Kid 11's won. I was a Kid 11's fan back then, and I absolutely bloody love that stage. Genuinely, I look back at it every few times, every uh, few years, I think, every two years or so. But when it comes to this profile, we basically have the first half of the stage not really going to influence too much, and we get to the first Serato section, after 93 kilometers, it's nine-ish kilometers long. It's got a bit of a descent in there, but I feel like the altitude meters on this profile are a bit spread out, which means that it looks a bit worse than it probably is. And we see that when it comes to the uh, next climb, because after that first Sterato, we've got a small climbing section, but after that, we start a proper climb. And that climb has a Sterato section from the bottom to a bit after the top. And that climb includes a sprint in the middle of it like oh, i just saw that <laughs> it's for chiclamino though isn't it yeah but yeah, still chiclamino. like <laughs> nah, this nah, is perfect cool. for Sagan. <laughs> but the problem is that at this point the break might not be caught yet so <laughs> it might not blame to the cards of someone like Sagan yet although if they can made keep it, it for close chiclamino. until here and the race explodes or yeah i think that i want to continue onwards that this section of Sterato continues a bit after the top. And I do want to talk about this climb because, well, I feel like this climb is uh, lying to us. I feel oh. like it's genuinely lying to us in the sense that... Sound effect news alarm. <laughs> yes, sound effect news alarm because the Paso del Lume Spento is the name of this climb and it's got two climbing sections in it. And in those two climbing sections, the first aspect has 11 percent as he fast 200 meters <laughs> and then it flattens out to the top and the last kilometer no the last 400 meters is between zero and three percent so that's kind of special and then the second aspect of it 
just behind the flatter section in the middle. This, I think, is the one without the sterato section, because one of the two parts of the climb is without the sterato section. And this one is 4.3 kilometers at 6.4%. Sound the alarm once again, because it starts with 9.8%, 9.4%, 9.2%, 3%, 3%, 4%, 9.6%, 3%, 2%. So 3 kilometers of this 4.3 kilometer climb are 9%, and the rest is 3%. And that makes it 6%. It doesn't look that easy when it comes to these gradients. No, but know that this is with like 33 kilometers to go still. So we've got to descend towards the bonus gate and then we start the next settore, as it's called here, the third one of the day, which is a bit uphill, but it's not necessarily deadly. It's got a bit of a wall in there of one kilometer at 6.4%, not necessarily a wall. And then we go descending once again to the next sterato. Luckily, no proper sterratos on a full descent because that would have been quite dangerous. And that last Terato section leans just before the final climb, which is, uh, once again, the uh, Paso del Lume Spento. And um, I think that's the aspect that is also kind of a fake news climb. So in this entire thing, we've got two fake news climbs, two times the same one. So uh, remind yourselves, every single time you hear Montalcino, fake news climbs everywhere, Steratos everywhere, and the climb tops with about Four kilometers to go with a small descent to the line. So, oh my God, I don't know what to say here. Like, I'll keep it short. I have sweet. no clue how this stage is going to be written. You can say it first. I might pick it for the stage is Egan Bernal. And uh, just keeping it simple, Strade was third. There's no Van der Poel uh, here or Alaphilippe. So, we've got Strade, we've got uh, Settore. Picking Egon Bernal, we've got long climbs, 3Ks, 10% on gravel. I like him for it. Uh, As long as his back is holding up, don't think the break will win. So, yeah, that's my pick, Benji. I think this is the kind of stage on which I'm feeling dangered for Simon Yates in the sense of I don't believe that this fits him overly well, his gravel sections, and I'm kind of scared of that. Or I think that that is the aspect to him. Evanapool, I'm not sure. That's the problem with Evanapool. He's done cobbles well, and he's done gravel badly because he crashed on them. But we don't know whether that crash was because of a steering mistake or not. So it's hard to say whether this stage would fit him or not. I would hope it does because it is kind of Flandrien-like. But, ah, God, what a stage. kind of love it. I generally do. again would love it. Flasov will... We'll have problems. Formolo is going to win this stage. Yeah, I agree. Formolo is a great shout. I think he's come in the podium in Strata. If it's a break, would love Formolo. Would be odds right. on. And GC Group Bernal. Who do you think? Who do you think will lose big time from the GC yeah. Group in this stage, Benji? Lander. I think I'm scared for Vlasov a tiny bit. Me too. I don't know what he can. How good he is here. I I think that Lander's probably going to relatively survive this stage. I think Yates is the one I'm scared for. I think Dan Martin, he's scared from descending a tiny bit, but when it comes to gravel, I don't know. I don't remember if he ever did well in, in the likes of Estrada Bianca before. But I'm curious how the Koenig is going to ride this because they've got options that can do this stage well. But I don't remember. I think Almeida had a, a puncture or something on a on a section in the middle of Strada Bianca, or that could have been Ballerini. I, I'm not really sure about it. 
So not sure how Almeida is going to be doing this stage, but I'm expecting it to be relatively decent. I'm scared for Buchmann on this one. Mm. And outside of that, I think that Bernal is, like you mentioned, probably a rider that we see very much up there on this stage. And I'm scared for Hindley as well. Definitely if he has to take on a, a rain jacket here, then it's it's done for him. <laughs> the Giro. Yeah. But uh, so many great options. I think that we saw last year in that pretty rough stage, uh, I think it had hills everywhere that NTT tried to set up Pozzo Vivo for something. And Pozzo Vivo had a mechanical or something that made sure that didn't happen anymore. Or he attacked and then it didn't really go anywhere. But I think that Pozzo Vivo might be a shout to do surprisingly on this stage. And okay. I don't know what to expect from a Hugh Garfi. Would a Betiol be able to survive the climbing on this one? I'm not sure. I never know what to expect from him. I'm just expecting Moscon to set up a massive Bernal move. So Ooh. that's all I'm looking yeah. forward to, uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, who's your pick? I forgot who I just said. I swear I said someone. Formula, Formula. yes. Formula. All right. We've got that locked in. Stage 12 from Siena to Bagno di Romagna, 212Ks. It's a difficult stage, but not a mountaintop finish once again. We've got a 5K 4.5% climb in the first 10Ks for break formation. Then we've got Ciclomino sprint before the big first big climb of 7.5Ks of 6.3%. Then they have a ridge. Then the Paso della Consuma, 17Ks at 6%, uh, with a steeper first eight kilometers of that one then they descend straight into the paso de la carla 15 k's at five and a half percent descend paso de la carnaio 11 k's five percent then a descent and four k's of false flat uphill it looks like to me into bagno di romagna even a pole i would like for this stage frankly um if Breaking away on the last climb after everyone's tired. These climbs are put together pretty closely. But again, it's not a mountaintop finish. So will the GC contenders really care about, I mean, I don't know. They're not that steep. Ineos could set something up on these two cat twos in the middle. Depends, but it's a long descent, I think, of 30, 28 kilometers into the last climb, which isn't that steep itself. I don't know, Benji. I think uh, I think Simon Yates is winning this stage, actually. I'm kind of scared of the stage when it comes to the length of it. There's so many hills at the start, but it doesn't seem... I'm not sure it's, it's a, enough to have a large breakaway. I think I'm... I think I'm going to tune in towards a breakaway victory on this one. And that breakaway victory might come from someone like a Rudy Mollar or... A Molema would fit, but he can't win every single mountain stage that I that I see here. So Molema, Molar, those are the names I'm shouting for this one. And um, that's, I think, it for this for me. All right. Nick Schultz would love for him to get some freedom at Bike Exchange. He's looked quite strong this year. He always performs in Italy. Uh, so, yeah, I'd really love for him to get an opportunity as well. But he might be on Simon Yates' protection, probably will be on protection duties for him. 
next stage 13 200k's cat it's uh not not a cat one it's a one star stage Ravenna to Verona <laughs> sprint stage Caleb Ewan is winning and then he might pack his bags afterwards who have you got I'm gonna go ahead and I'm also gonna say Caleb Ewan nah <laughs> I think he might leave earlier I don't know no he's likely gonna leave come on I- <laughs> <laughs> this on race after stage 12 to winning it bye guys <laughs> nah uh uh Caleb Ewan okay I'm just yeah Caleb Ewan does he want to win it because he might want to pull out before this next stage stage 14 from Cittadella to Monte Zoncolan <laughs> maybe Ewan's like he ain't if I win the stage one. I've got to do interviews tomorrow for the sponsors <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck, I'm not winning it. Um, this is the name speaks for itself. 206Ks of pretty much flat for the first 133Ks. Then they do the Forcella Monte Rest, 10.5Ks at 6.1%. And then, again, not too much climbing. And then they do the Zonkalan, which is 14.1Ks, 8.5%. But the final ramp to the Refugio Moro is 3.5Ks, 12.1%. Percent gradient that is disgusting but the stage beforehand is not particularly difficult you love to see this state this finishing climb maybe in the middle of the stage but i think this is looks like pure gc to to me and um i'm going with hugh carthy i think that's a good pick i think if i look at this parkour it reminds me of a uh, a light version of code la los in the sense that it's got the steady gradient for the first nine kilometers, and then it's got the steep gradient at the end. It's not nearly at the percentages that Cordelalos is, but it's the same gist of it. This is not the Montes Onkelon side you usually see. This is relatively the easier side. I still wouldn't be able to finish it without dying, so that doesn't really change too much in that. But I believe that. Oh, Garfi is just such a good pick for this one. I know. Well, he won Angleroo. Uh, like, I'm not a genius for picking him. I think the uh, fundamentals of Vlazov, I can't say it yet, but Vlazov is going to uh, win the stage, in my opinion. I think this also fits him. I think he was second on Angleroo, but I'm not sure about that anymore. I think that that really fits him as well, those steep grains. I think that the race might stay close until the last three kilometers, though, when it comes to GC, and that's yeah. kind of the the counterpoint of these kind of climbs because it keeps it close for the first few kilometers but then again on the other climbs they don't attack earlier anyway so i think it's still going to be an amazing uh, last 10 kilometers of the stage the ghost of 2015 Mikel lander is supposed to win this stage and i'm sure he'll get his team to pace but don't think he's winning it sosa again on his day sure he might win it but surely he's riding for Bernal. Maybe they're getting some freedom. Maybe they want to use him as a second GC threat, Benji. I don't see that. But all Sosa could win the stage in terms of his legs. But Benji and I have put our picks in. Stage set 15 from Grado to Gorizia. They go into Slovenia, 146Ks, a short three-hour stage with a – rolling climbs i think they do a they do a circuit which has a climb of 1.7 k's at 8.1 percent they do that uh, three times and it's got some rolling climbs afterwards four five k's from the finish they do 600 meters at eight percent it's slovenia i know it's not slovakia but i'm going with peter sagan for this stage benji 
Yes, I agree. I think Vendrame is going to drop three to stay as well. Ooh, Those nice are the kind pick. of riders I see doing well here. Viviani is going to get dropped on one of these hills, and that will cause Consoni to be able to sprint for Cofidis for another top three spot as well. So that's kind of the three people I'm looking for for this kind of stage. And I truly believe indeed that it's pointing towards the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Sagan. Fiorelli, let's give a little bit of love to some of the Pro Conti teams. Benji, Fiorelli, can he climb okay? The sprinter for Bardiani? I don't know. I generally no, don't know. No. I think that in <laughs> Belgrade, Banyoluca, he had a lot of decent results on the flat parts, but that is not against the competition you have here. So, yeah. I don't know. In the Porch Trophy, you've got hills though. So, he won that. I'd say he could get over this. Yeah. Chimalai, I'd love to see him sprint, or maybe he'll be leading out Patrick Bevan as an option too. Stage 16, this is supposed to be a big, well, it is a big GC stage from Sacile to Cortina d'Ampezzo, 212Ks out the gate. They got 11.5Ks, 7%. Then that's where the break will form. Then they have a long false flat section before they start. With 113 k's done, the Paso Fidea, Fidea, 14 k's, seven and a half percent descent. Paso Portadoi, 12 k's, six and a half percent descent. Then a uh, sort of undulating flatter section. Then the Paso uh, Giao, 10 k's at 9.3 percent. I'd say the longest sustained bit of steep climbing in the Giro to this point. Then a 20, 18 kilometer descent to the finish in Cortina d'Ampezzo. So a descent finish. I'm picking Simon Yates again. I think that's a, a good pick, but I'm questioning whether, yeah, they're putting a five star rating on the stage, for example. But I don't Portoy think it's five, have like, Yeah, I don't think it's either because the, I think the plateau section between the Pordoi and Jao is basically yeah. taking away the possibility of attacking on. On yeah. the Bordeaux as a GC rider, because it's still Agreed. so long to go with 50k to go. That's a lot. It really depends on how the Koenig is standing in GC with their three riders. Because if they've got three riders and they're the first option to attack so early, because they can try it, the other teams won't have the options for it necessarily. We saw last year that the Koenig controlled a lot of stages as well, with Almeida being in pink. True. Will he be in pink now? That's a really good question. I'm doubtful of that at this point in the race. But I think the winner of this stage is going to be, should I say, Bilbao for this one? Oh, that's Kinda. a good pick. That's a good pick. I'm, I'm not sure he's good enough to follow on Jao, though. That's like the one thing I'm like... He doesn't have eh. to. He didn't enter the Alps, Benji, the stage he won. He called on the... He made up okay. so much time on that descent in Tour of the Alps, the stage he won on Vlasov and Yates. So that's a great pick. Okay. I'm jealous Bilbao. of that. <laughs> I want to change to that. St stage 17 <laughs> from Kanatzai to Sega Diala, 193Ks. I think this is harder, Benji, for the reasons you stated. It's flat on a ridge line for 60 kilometers, pretty much above 1,000 meters altitude. They do 3Ks at 9% with 58Ks done, then descend for the first uh, Chiclamino points with 92Ks. Maybe Sagan does try to clean them up. And then they have the bonification seconds, the 30Ks after, in the flat as well. So a long flat section here of 50Ks. Then they do the Paso San Val Valentino, 15Ks, 7.6% descent, short valley of about 
six, seven kilometers than the Sega Diala climb. This is nasty. 11.5 Ks, 9.6%. There's some steeper sections in there of 2 Ks at 12.5%. This is pure GC and uh, Bernal or Avonapol is who I like. Ooh, you believe in Avonapol a lot more than me at the moment. I I want to believe in Avonapol, but I don't trust it. And that's why I'm not calling him for too many stages here. I, I don't want to Put my eggs in a basket. I'm not sure is going to survive the first two weeks of this Grand Tour. And I believe if I have to put in a name <laughs> for this stage, then I'm indeed looking at GC riders. I hope that somewhere throughout this Giro, Jai Hindley finds the form of the last year's Giro. Because when I look at this parkour, this reminds me of the the last climb, Piancavallo. The looks of the climb. I don't know the percentage of Piancavallo and this one by heart. I can't compare them because of that at the moment while we're doing this live, but I think that Hindley will get a resurrection and will win the stage from a three-man group in the last 500 meters or something and then right away on the last section because he's going to be the least important one on GC, I think, at this point in the race. Riders, I would love to see go for this stage from the break. Einer Rubio on Movistar. I told you we'd give you some... Yeah, and exactly as the man, two sub-60 kilo South American Cepeda's Ecuadorian, I believe, Benji, and uh, Rubio's Colombian. So those two would be nasty if they're far back on GC, which I reckon Montalcino stage, those two are going to get blown the fuck out. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see them from the break. Next stage, long Stage 18, Rovereto to Stradella, 231 Ks. Nothing of note for 200 Ks, Benji. Pretty much nothing of note. And then there is a, a great stage. Four climbs, 3.5 Ks, 4%. 5.3 Ks, 4%. 1,400 meters, 7.5%. 2.6 Ks at 5.7%. They're all put together in this 20 K section then descent to the finish it reminds me of the stage Dowsett one i think it's all break this has got break written all over it in my view and uh i like lewis leon sanchez Ooh, that's a nice pick newlands i like newlands i like that too i think that at this point in the race i believe that chiclamino might still be close in the sense that we don't have too many sprint stage in this entire thing, which means that when it comes to Chiclamino, that I don't know like the difference between GC points and and sprinter stages points, but I think that on paper sprint stages are gonna get way more than the mountain stages. But I think that at this point in the race it's gonna not gonna be concluded yet. I don't think Sigan's gonna be sure of is Chiclamino yet. Yes, I think that Chiclamino is likely going to Sigan spoilers towards the end here. But I think on this stage, he shouldn't care too much, should he? I think, like, it is the kind of stage, though, where I'm like, Sagan, Sagan. Oh, yeah, obviously. It's so long. I'm saying Peloton, Sagan wins. Yeah, that's a, I mean, I already picked him twice, but Sagan is a very valid pick, as well as Rudy Mollard. His Paranese stage was kind of similar. Uh, And who else did I like, Benji? Oh, Honore. Honoré really liked as well for this sort of stage. Uh, Cam Meyer, Australian national champ, if he's allowed to do this, which I doubt it, a long race with climbs like this, 
if he's actually in a reduced group, Cam Meyer is a good option, but I doubt we will see it. Uh, but it's an interesting stage, not the first 90%, but the last bit will be exciting, which is all I care about. Stage 19, from Abia Tegrasso to Alpe di Mira, Mera, 176Ks. Abia Tegrasso was the end of my tram line when I lived in Milan. And this is pure GC, flat for the first 60, then the Motorone climb. I've actually done that climb on foot. Uh, so it was steeper than this, which is... 15.6 Ks at 6.5%. Then they do the Paso della Colma, 7.5 Ks, 6%. Then a long false flat section before the final climb of 9.5 Ks, 9.2%. The problem with this stage is the extended valleys before the climbs allows people to refuel, and that's where GC gaps, gaps get minimized. Uh, but still, I think Ineos have the, the firepower, and I like... I like Bernal. I mean, I have to repeat the same names. Maybe he won't get one of them, but this is Bernal, even a pole Yates territory in my view. Maybe Carthy and Vlasov, if they're far back on GC, they'll be allowed to go, but I think the break isn't winning this. Yeah, the thing is like when I started going through these profiles and started naming names and so forth, I was thinking towards Vlasov as potential winner of this Giro. I, I haven't decided yet fully, but I'll decide by the end of this preview. And <laughs> the more I see these finishes, I feel like Vlasov doesn't have the finishing to the, drop the people that are going to be likely win him because I'm not sure he can just simply drop them that easily. And that's why not I don't put Vlasov seen. necessarily as the winner of stages like this, but most likely as a consistent rider on this stage, which is important. Yeah. Um, he couldn't drop Shackman in Paranese. Paranese, the mountain stage, yeah, you couldn't drop Shackman. The thing is, if we don't trust Bernal, then he's likely not going to be in ultimate form at this point in the race. I think that I know, if his but we back just, cracks, we he's going to be the fortest. But I trust him for this, and I think that he's going to win this stage. Egon Bernal. All right. Yeah. Next stage, the last road stage for Urbania to Valles Bluga. I think. They made a mistake, Benji. This is the last road stage before Milan TT, 164Ks. I'm not sure it gives the opportunities to make it back, kind of like the Stelvio stage did last year. Uh, flat for the first 75. Then the Paso San Bernardino, which I think actually might be a bit fake newsy, Benji. Is this the like like last year? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm not seeing it. 23K is 6.2% descent. Then the Splugen Pass, 9K is 7.5%. Then the final Tuvalis Spluga, 7.5K is 7.5%. GC or break, Benji. There'll be some good riders who are far back in uh, GC who should be allowed to go. What do you think? Satellite riders up the road, but there's no early climb, is there? I think that... Stage 20 will likely go to a breakaway rider that survives from the breakaway, but I don't believe that the GC riders are going to be too far after because I believe they'll attack on the second last climb of the day while the initial damage is done on the Paso San Bernardino if necessary. For example, I think this is a very good stage. I really like this parkour and I kind of like that there's a small plateau section between the San Bernardino and East Blumen Pass because... That allows for, for tactical play, like you mentioned. That allows for, for example, a satellite rider to go ahead and attack early on, be in the breakaway, and then 
If you're really like four minutes behind or three minutes behind, attack on the San Bernardino in that valley section, link up with your breakaway rider, and the breakaway rider brings you to the Splugen Pass, gets you over the Splugen Pass, you attack at the top there, go into the descent, you go to the final climb, and then you almost catch up with that breakaway rider that is going to win the stage. In the same way that uh, 2016 Giro d'Italia, the stage that Tarame won, where Nibali attacked and dropped Chavez in the pink jersey. Because I swear that he used Kanger and Scarponi in that stage yeah. as a satellite rider to try and fix something for him. And I think that this is such a perfect stage. And so many people have told me that this is not a lovely stage, but I like it a lot. I really do. And I think that when it comes to the stage winner, I don't believe in Tarame doing it again. I think that he's going to be close on a few stages, but winning this one might be too hard. And for this one, I'm really looking at the riders that have lost time or the ultimate breakaway riders. And if I consider that, oh, this is hella difficult. Attila Walter is going to win the stage. By the end of I'm this Giro, <laughs> 20th stage, bam! Alpe Motta, Attila Walter. Uh, the country will go wild there. I'm going but. to give a feel-good pick too, Benji. Gino Maeda from Bahrain is nice. And I think Antonio Pedrero from Movistar is a good option too, or Jorgensen. Jorgensen, the American from Movistar, I like for this stage a lot if he's, depending on how he's feeling. All right, the final stage, the ITT, Senegal to Milan, 30Ks, pancake flat, pretty much. Two intermediate time checks at nine and 20Ks. Is Gano going to still be here, Benji? Like... They need him for GC probably, but this is a harder Giro, I think, than last year's parkour. I think so so I'm well. going with I'm going with Almeida for the stage. That's actually a good one. Uh, I think that one difference that we need to make clear here as well is that doing a time trial at the first day of a Grand Tour is so not the different. same as the last day. In the last day, you can see so many differences. And in regards to the, uh, well, the people that are at the start line here, and we do notice a few people that are pretty good at last day time trials. Thomas De Gend, we haven't spoken about him at all, even though he'll likely be in like three of the breakaways or more of the breakaways <laughs> in this win entire like Giro. <laughs> and likely win stage somewhere. But I think that he's going to be in the top five of this time trial towards the end. In the past, I would have said Campanars, but he seems to be going straight for becoming classics rider. He which could have won this, Benji. Yeah, it's 32 kilometers. It's longer than usual. So that's an aspect that I think that True. I didn't think about yet, that this is longer than I expected it's it to long, be. It's long, yeah. Uh, Avonapol. Like, if Avonapol's actually in good condition, yeah, he's putting big time in here. Yeah, that's true. Cavagna, is that still good on the last part? Potentially, yes, because at the first uh, half of the Planche Belfia time trial, he destroyed everybody on the flat section, except for Pogacar. And I think that Cavagna might be a, a nice option for this time trial, but my mind just wants to shout somebody else, but I I can't really find a person that I, I would say. Hepburn. Is Chad Haga here or something? I don't think he is here, so... Will Barter. Hepburn, nah. I don't believe in Hepburn. Will Barter, like Benji said, I'll steal his pick from earlier. It's a good chance, but... I mean, it's funny. I've picked Avonapol for like three mountaintop finishes and I didn't pick him for the the stage. He's probably the, the best yeah, chance for. A lot of the riders that 
I, before going through the profiles, would have said would win a stage are not the ones I named because I still believe they'll win a stage, but I can't look at a stage and say, this rider will win it. I think Trotnik will win a stage somewhere, but I can't point at which one that he will win. Yeah. One that comes to my mind is the one we spoke about earlier with the mountain in the middle and the smaller hill at the finish line. That's something a, a Trotnik would look at. Mohoric is going to be in the break. Mader is going to... Well, problem with Bahrain is that we don't know that because they might not go off the leash, but there's a lot of these options and there's a lot of riders that could go in the breakaway and do well. Tesfacion, Cepeda, and we've named quite a lot. Vendrami is going to be in multiple breakaways, most likely, and do sprints. Champoussin, if his GC is fucked, is going to go into the breakaway. Will Cialpacin riders go into the breakaway? Because quite simply, what else are they going to do in mountain stages? And I think that it's really hard to point out a few names that you're like, oh, this rider could do well. But I think this was the next thing we would talk about, right? Like, yeah, let's say five well, names or so that could win a stage somewhere. Yeah, let's do that. Han Van Hocker, Antonio Pedrero, Ruben Guerrero, Simon Carr, and that's about it. Chicone, Brambilla, as well. Molima, we liked. Um, Ulisi, we have to we have to mention Diego Ulisi. It's by law, Italian law. He's going to win a Giro <laughs> stage. How can we? He's won like nine. So they're my names, Benji. Okay, at the start of the season, I made a hot take that a certain rider from Trek Segafredo would win a mountain stage in a Grand Tour, and it's the one that he is in right now. I think Emmanuel Gebregsabir is going to win a stage. I have to because it's according to the hot take law that we founded in uh when was your channel started? I don't know anymore. 2019? Yeah, 2020. Something like that. Okay. So uh, that's one of the names. I've named like Walter and so forth, but I won't name those again because I've already named those. But Quinton Hermans is a rider that a lot of people are hyping up to do really well in this Giro. And I believe in that. I think earlier on, he looks more towards being a, a punchy sprinter in, I think, the Tour of Denmark a few years ago uh, when he was still riding for that team that Vanaat got in trouble with, with Nick Nines back in the day. I can't find the name of it as well. Yes. Uh, I think Quinton Hermans is a better climber than people are expecting. He's been doing pretty well all season with a 13th spot in Itzulia, but ninth on, uh, well, one of the uh, transitioning stages that would look like a transitioning stage, at least in this Giro d'Italia. And Simon Carr, like you said, I feel Elon. like he's likely winning a stage. Nealands, I think that might just be next to his stage when I've Jorgensen is a rider that I'd love to see win, but I feel like we've hyped him up in February and then he disappeared from the top step of cycling for a bit. Because I don't think he's ridden too much since then. And then now he's doing the Giro. So I'd love Jorgensen to do well and and get something somewhere. I don't know what. Sean Poussin, I hope does really well. Uh, I think together with Pane Panther, those two are the uh, French candidates for GC for Ajdezer, but the problem is that they're not good enough for GC, I think, perhaps, unless a late top 10 spot for Sean Poussin. But is that worth it? I think for him, probably yes. Uh, but I'd love to have him win a stage instead, personally. Hell Tejada? Oh, I think, I no. think he's going to have to work for Vlasov. Yeah. I, don't be- I don't believe it. Genuinely. And one rider I would love to win a stage is a rider that is at the start of this. Well, let me take you to March 
in March, there was a rider, Ukrainian Andriy Ponomar. After a three-hour training the day before Milano San Remo, he got a call that said, you ride Milano San Remo tomorrow. <laughs> 18 years old. <laughs> He's still 18 years old. He's at the start of the Giro. So good. He finished at San Remo. What is he going to do in this Giro? If he finishes it, it's a real achievement. Yeah. The thing is, on other teams, I would have said, after 13 days, pull him out. It's dangerous for an 18-year-old to have to ride a full Grand Tour already in his first year. Ah, that's dangerous. But with this team, Androni, they will never do that, I think, because why would they take a spot that can be a promotion spot for 21 days and give that to a rider that would be taken out after two weeks? I don't believe that. I think he's going to be riding the entire thing, and I think he's going to surprise people, and it would be such a flex for him if he can say, I was 18 when I won the Giro stage. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Mate, the world would he's love not him. winning a fucking stage. <laughs> Andre Ponovar is winning a stage here. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. There are breakaway hopefuls for descent attacks. Watch out for Mohoric and Pale Bill Bow. They could try something with Gorka Isagira and Luis Leon Sanchez at Astana. Um, they're the sort of descent attack people. We've already told you our South American climbers that we like. Now we're going to finish, well, Chiclamino Benji. I'm going with Sagan. You disagree? I am afraid I agree because uh, okay. I'd love to be contrarian here, but it's very likely that he's pulling it away because – there's so many spots where that intermediate sprint that gives them the Chiclamino points is like in the middle of a, a four-kilometer climb. And let's be real, he's the perfect candidate for that. Yeah. Caleb Ewan might win a few stages in the first two weeks, but he's out after stage 13. I truly don't believe he's going to finish this Giro. I wouldn't get why. He's planning to ride three Grand Tours this season. He's not finishing He wants it. to win a stage not, every Grand he's Tour. He's not doing the third yeah. week. I'm telling There's you. no way he's doing the third week. So... <laughs> He's not going to win Chiclamino. Viviani's not going to win it. Gaviria's not going to win it. Merlir might be the closest because I do believe he can get over hills relatively oh. well. And I think he might really surprise. But the problem is that I don't think he has a team around him to support him on these hills as far yeah. as Sagan has a team surrounding him. But it obviously depends on how much they put on to Buchmann and how much on to Sagan. But yeah. I do believe in Sagan winning Chiclamino here, personally. Uh, young riders jersey we're not even doing because it's the GC competition and the Maglia, <laughs> Maglia Azura, which is the climbers jersey. I I'd love for for someone like uh, Thepeda to go for it and not go for his GC at all. He'd be a really good shout. So is someone like Champoussin as well. Um, but yeah, Brambilla, Chicane, if they don't go for GC, I don't really have a good handle on it, to be honest. Um, but if, I, if you have to put me on the spot for that jersey, I'm going with Ruben Guerrero. Okay, I'm going to go for a bit of a, perhaps a rider we have not named at all. He's on the team of Eolo Cometa. I think Marton Dina might be a candidate for this. And why? Because he was second in the QM classification to Copia Bartali, second in the Tour of the Alps, KOM classification. He's clearly oh, loving cool. polka dots. So yeah. it's not polka dots in this race, but the KOM jersey might fit for him. The problem yep. is he's finished second in all of them so far, so he might as well finish second again in this Giro, but still Michael Martondina. All right, now the one you've been waiting for, uh, GC 
picks. We've told you the odds. We've gone through all the stages. I've picked Bernal and Avonapol and Yates for a lot of them. I've picked Carthy and Co. as well. I have limited faith in Lander. I must be I've got to be frank. Um, I almost prefer Bill Bow to finish ahead of him in a surprise result to get onto the podium. I don't I don't see Vlasov winning the Giro Benji. I just I just don't see it. I see either the gravel stages or something uh, tripping up someone like him and Hinley. Bardet is going for GC Benji, but he's shown nothing this year at all. And I'm for Simon Yates, I'm not prepared to change my opinion on him just because of one Tour of the Alps performance. I have to go with Egan Bernal. I have to go with him. I know his back might play up. I know Ineos haven't even formally announced their team yet. <laughs> so maybe his back is playing up. If I say even a poll, people will roast me, but... Let's just say I wouldn't be surprised, even though even saying that is maybe hyping him <laughs> up too much. But if you have to ask me, I'm going with the favourite, Bernal. To win the Giro d'Italia of 2021, the Maglia Rossa, I think that my mind until we started this Giro preview was saying Alexander Vlasov. But I think that Vlasov will perform well, but I think there's going to be one rider that will overperform, and that's Chihuahua Almeida. The Portuguese oh, army will rise and Joao Almeida will win the Giro d'Italia this no, year he won't. after doing a great time trial at the start. On the climbs, he's going to try and not lose as much time as last year. And I truly believe he's going to be better than last year. I, I think that it. a podium is almost a lock if he finishes it in, in good form. And the 30-kilometer time trial in the end will get him from the third spot to first spot on the last day of this Giro. This will be the best final to a Giro in a few years. Well, last year was amazing already, so it's hard. But Joao Almeida, the Portuguese are going to love me after this. I think those (laughs) third-week climbs with 10Ks, 10%, the Paso Giao problems, big problems for him. I think he's losing minutes there. I think he's going to lose a lot of time. Um, I don't. I don't see it for Almeida at all. I actually think Masnada more possibility, really? but even <laughs> well, I just I see the climbs as different. The mountain top. What mountain top yeah. finishes last year? Benji, did they have that were eleven k's at ten percent, and then the day before having the Zonkalan? I know, but he lost a lot of time on Piancavallo. Like, let's have a look at that. I, I know. <laughs> That's the problem. I know it's I not talk that about much. It. He had he had three TTs last year. He's got only thirty nine kilometers of TT this year. Oh, Piancavallo, he lose too he much time on Piancavallo. Thirty seven seconds. Thirty seven seconds. Arguably the best wattage in 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 twenty twenty and twenty. It was only eight percent. It was only eight percent. I think these climbs are even steeper for Almeida Benji. So if Catalonia is anything to go by, I'm worried for him. And that's why I don't think if there was a third TT, I might be getting onto your wavelengths. But no third TT, I, I don't think I can get on board with what you're saying. Otherwise, oh, by the way, I had an equipment malfunction. If it sounds a bit different or if I look a bit different, if you're watching on YouTube, the camera died. This was too long. But wrapping up, I think it's going to be a really exciting Giro Italia. I can't wait to watch every single stage. And, um, yeah. 
let us know in the comments down below. Who do you like for stage wins? Do you think we're bugging? Do you think I'm way too high and even Apollo and Bernal? Is there some random long shot that you really like uh, for GC if everyone collapses? Maybe I'd, I'd get on board with that line of thinking too. Uh, but, yeah, your last thoughts on this Giro d'Italia, Benji, me having picked Bernal, you having picked João Almeida. Yes, I think I went for a bit of a, a dark horse perhaps for GC, but I kind of like doing that. I did so as well with Pogacar last year, and it turned out great. He wasn't on the radar of a lot of people, and it turned out well. So I, I do trust that I am enjoying this pick, and it will make me enjoy this Giro a lot because I think he's going to play a real role, and that's what I like about having a pick like this. I didn't like the fact that in our Vuelta playthrough, uh, no, not playthrough, our uh, preview. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my own channel. This is uh, the podcast channel. But in our Vuelta preview, my GC was out of the race in the first week. They all crashed. Like, I don't like that. I yeah. want to see them race. And I think that is going to happen here. So that's why I've got Almeida selected. But I do want to remind people that they should still sign up for the Velo Games that we mentioned at the start of this podcast. It's a nice competition. Build your own team and see how you do. Based on the riders you picked, you will gain points throughout the event, which means that you will be in the ranking of the LRCP League if you sign up with the league code 84485. You can find all of this information on the Twitter page of our podcast. That's the name and of this. And in the show notes. <laughs> and in the show notes and in the description of the video and so forth. So definitely check that out. It's worth it. And it will be lovely to see what your teams is going to look like because we can't yeah. see it before the race, but when the race starts, we can see our teams, we can look at each other and we can see, oh, does the two people perhaps have the same team? Like that would be pretty cool. And to see whether perhaps someone that has an outside pick, a pick that we didn't see coming, ends up winning this entire thing would be absolutely godlike. Right. And then you can use bragging rights and I'm going to stop it there because I'm, I'm getting too hyped about this. Sorry, man. I just decided, Benji, just then. If people send in enough of their teams on Twitter to at Lantern Rouge CP, I may do, and I know I promised last year to do this, I ran out of time for, I think, the Vuelta. If you send them to the podcast, I will, on my main channel, do a roast video, as long as your team names are funny and <laughs> if your teams are ridiculous. So I'll pick out some and do a roast video and include my own so you can roast me because I'm going to pick Remco eight, nine times. Now, but if you win the competition, you win full LeCole kit from our show partner, LeCole, their new Mountain Pro Air kits, still the old Vaughn 2. And if you come second or third, you get a jersey. So, you know, that's just what we, we really, as I said, we don't make any money directly off the Velo Games thing, neither do the Velo Games owners. We just thought it'd be a really fun way to integrate you all into the experience and kind of do what we do, picking people for each stage. So we hope you enjoyed the preview. Otherwise, you can support the podcast and these beasts of podcasts by either liking the video, which is free, or leaving us a review on podcast players. If that's where you listen, we want to get to a 1,000 reviews is our big goal for podcast players. That would make us right up there. Or you can directly support the channel uh, through the Ko-Fi link uh, in the description or show notes down below because i'll need some coffees throughout this year at italia but much love to you all and we'll see you probably with our first stage one recap of the tt see who's in the malia rosa until then ciao 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 